So my name is Lenny Escobar. Uh, I'm the black guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you? I'm, I'm Cody Moulton. So the other guy doing the show. I'm the white guy. Uh, yeah, we're all at different places. Right, right? Exactly. Analytical judging, and there's like condemning judging. There's one judge. Oh, yes. Day one judge. Man, Judge Judy. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's not Judge Judy. <laughs> judge Judy. <laughs> one judge. That's Judge Judy. <laughs> Welcome to the In Black and White Show, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am one of your hosts, Cody Moulton, joined here by my fellow co-host, another human, Lenny Escobar. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. You're doing. All yeah. right. Yep. Doing the podcast. That's yeah, we're I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Thanks for asking, everyone. Um, if you didn't know that, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. Thank them. Instead of calling them idiots, <laughs> maybe you just thank them for a, tuning in. It's a bad opening. Yeah, um, it is. That's all right, though. Yeah, we've never done this before. Actually, this is, uh, what is this? This is our 88th episode. 88. We are having a party, actually. You're all invited to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in three months, we're going to hit our 100th. We got we to gotta have a celebration. We do. You know, we I have an idea for that celebration mm-hmm. already. We're not. I'm not going to share it on here. No, I'm not. Oh. You have to listen. Yeah, you should share clips of it, but then we'll record it backwards, and people have to piece them together over the next eleven more episodes. But they're backwards. You know, what we should and do. They're out of order. Wait, you know what we should do is just give a word. The oh. word is. Yeah, the word like the Bible. That's what do you think we're doing here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you got me. That was a good one. Yeah, the, yeah. the word. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we have a fun episode today. Um, oh, fun. fun? Well, hopefully, all that, these are fun. Yeah. Even though we talk about things that you know might be hard questions or whatever, but we we were just praying. We pray before every episode. Now. Yeah. And we <laughs> we have in the past too. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. We don't need to keep. I don't know. Why we why we keep on this? Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Anyway, we pray before the before we record these episodes, and uh, and you know I, I remember on my mission they talked about having the spirit guide your prayers, mm. you know, like you, you, the spirit might correct some of the things you say, and I think that just happened in the prayer right before we started here. I said something about help us to speak uh, comfortably, and I was like, well, no, the point we aren't. It's not about being comfortable all the time. When you have conversations, it can be hard or it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, that challenge you mentally or spiritually or whatever. But the th- the phrase that came to mind is that we can speak confidently because we do have testimonies of the Savior and his role in our lives. Absolutely. We can have conversations about hard things confidently. I make it sound like we're going to talk about something way hard to do yeah. or not. No, we're not. But but, <laughs> but I think what I, what I like about that is um, there are a lot of, there's also a lot of sensitive things. So right. like hard things are sensitive things. Mm-hmm. But I think that... Um, if conviction uh, is is present, it makes it easier to to understand. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't I don't know. Like, uh, you ever think here like a motivational speaker, and then they're just like very confident, very th- that way. I think the way that they present the information allows you allows it to seep a little bit deeper. Yeah, and now we're talking about something that's maybe in in my opinion 
a little bit deeper and more lasting than just motivation. We're, talking, we're hoping that we're talking about life eternal here. And so we'll be able to, you know, and anybody who's talking about the gospel is talking about life eternal. Right. So speak confidently. We'll be able to, you know, influence. And, and I think that's good. Well, and, and we're not talking about ourselves here, guys. Right. We're, we're talking about the, the, we want to encourage conversations, gospel right. conversations. Right. So we're talking about generally when we talk about the gospel, we speak about it confidently. Yeah. It'd be easier. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to the actual question we got here in a minute. We have to start with a would you rather question. Oh, of course. Um, let's would you rather it up. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here's a question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or in a broken elevator? Oh, gee, many Christmas. Oh, uh, that's a hard one. I'm going to talk through this. Ready? Okay. Have you been on ski lift much? Yeah, I've been on a ski lift. Okay. I actually... Uh, you ever been in an elevator? No, I've never been in an elevator. <laughs> I take the stairs because I'm a boss. Oh. <laughs> Exercise. Yeah. It's, and, I, and, I, and you know what? I take 16 steps at a time. Now, what do you say to that? Good job. Congrats. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm going to talk through this. Okay. Okay, in an elevator, getting stuck in an elevator, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. There is a degree of like uh, claustrophobia, right? Because you're stuck in an elevator. That's all all you got, right? So you're Mm -hmm. there and. you don't you don't know how long you're going to be there. I mean, for both of them, you don't understand. But I think it's the it's the factor of claustrophobia that is a thing for me. So I think I, I think I'm going to go with ski lift. You know, these stuck on. A ski I lift. think so. That's a question. Is is it claustrophobia or heights? Yeah, I think it's claustrophobia for me because I mean, at least on a ski lift, like you can sit back and hold on, and you're okay. Uh, at least I'm okay. Like, but with with. Uh, with an elevator, like you're stuck in there with these walls around you. you. There's no way you can't just open it up, you know. And so I feel like for me, it's a ski lift, a ski lift. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was kind of dubious about that at first because you are you're in a protective casing in an elevator, at least. Um, yeah. Whatever I, that means, I don't know really what that means. In protective the end. casing, like like a uh, sausage, because <laughs> it's just like a sausage. Yeah, you're in a casing. Yeah, and then the elevator's the intestine. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elevator's the intestine. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but the ski lift is like, it's pretty easy to fall off a ski lift. It's really not that easy. You no. <laughs> you have to try to fall off a ski lift. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, there's more of a window to hurt yourself yeah, on a ski lift. That's true. In an elevator, you're not going to get hurt unless it like the cables explode and then you'll fly into your death. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably rather be on a ski lift, <laughs> I think, at the end of the day. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I mean to be fair, the, the cables on the ski lift could drop, too. Yeah. But the other thing is, on a ski lift, there's actually more probability for, for rescue there. Because even if you're, like, super high up, they can always get something there to for you to jump on to if you if you need to or they could come like huge ladder or something they'll be able to do that i don't know dude maybe they're pretty high in there like over slopes that's true okay all right but also the other thing is um ski slopes probably they probably would get they would get uh fixed faster than an elevator because there's like you know the the generator that moves it and everything is outside or it's like easy to get to as as a as an elevator is a little bit more internalized, internal and contraption and stuff. Yeah. 
So I mean, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That was good. That was a really good. Would you? Rather? Yeah, it was. It was okay. Um, maybe if I just had a little more time to prepare it. <laughs> okay. So today, our uh, our question. Okay. So, our in black and white show question from a, from a, from a listener. This is one of my buddies. He's a good guy. He's good people. All right. Mm-hmm. Fact, Lenny, you met him. He's yeah. Good people. He's good people. Yeah. Uh, this was his question. Okay. He said, um, the question I have for you guys is pertaining to other members, specifically family and close friends. I know we should only care about our own personal salvation, but how do you handle when other members, specifically the ones closest to you, live the gospel on the edge of the line? Uh, He's got a few follow-up questions. Um, Are they still getting the same blessings? Um and how do you stay strong in your faith when your close friends and family are doing the things they know they shouldn't but seem to be okay with it? Right. So there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a handful of questions there, too. But the, the the principle, the idea is the same. And I'm sure this is something a lot of us have thought about. I know even if you don't talk about it and even if you don't um, want to take a stance on it too much because you don't want to judge other people, this is worth. This is a conversation worth having mm-hmm. and, and thinking about and talking through. Um, so... I want to do this one a little different. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just jump into what we what we kind of identify the black and white of this is, okay? Mm-hmm. So essentially the question is um, people or even ourselves maybe, we should know better, but we're still doing things that uh, are contradictory to some of the commandments. Um, so what is, what, is the, what is the answer? What is the doctrine to that kind of a question? What is what is what is what maybe the pivot, the pivoting doctrine here, and that would be obedience. Chicken nuggets. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna say chicken nuggets because that makes sense in the con- in the context of the gospel. The context of Cody. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say my name? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so the principle here is obedience, mm-hmm. and and I would even add that there is a contra uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum there's a principle of rebellion now it's not the same as obedience when we talk about obedience this is a this is a core tenet of the gospel mm-hmm. whereas rebellion is 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 something that uh it contradicts living the commandments or doing what you know is right and that kind of thing but that, that they are kind of um opposites right mm-hmm. you're the being obedient bit. or you're rebelling against commandments um or principles I or, or principles mm-hmm. yeah so that that said, let's 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 unpack these a little bit mm-hmm. one at a time mm-hmm. with that doctrine in mind. So first one, um, how do you handle when other members, friends, family, people close to you, live the gospel on the edge of the line? So I've had um, a lot of a lot of thoughts on this, and I think that uh, this kind of what I what I want to share is a little bit. It kind of pertains to everything, I like all the questions that we're going to talk about. But I think. Uh, um, we'll still, like, it'll still apply to this one. I think what's really important about this, and I think that this is a core tenant of like where we, where I think a lot of people are trying to where come from. We're not trying to judge. And I think what it is, is the only thing that you can control is you. That's really like what it comes down to. If, if other people are living the gospel in, in seemingly contradictory ways, Honestly, really, there's nothing that you can do about that. Um, when I say nothing you can do, I mean, 
in and of yourself. They have their agency. They're going to do what they feel is correct in their eyes. And that's fine. Even if you do feel like you have an understanding, a better or maybe a deeper understanding or an understanding of what these things are, you really can't affect them. Um, you really can't do anything about it. The only thing you can control is you. So here, here's what at, I am. At the end of the day. Right? At the end of the day, we yeah. Have, we have influence. Right. We can, we, can, we can have an impact on people. By the way we live our lives or, or the example that we are or even having conversations with them. Um, but at the end of the day, we need to respect people's agency. Right. And I think that that's the that's that's where we like that's where we live. You know, we live in this like we don't want to judge. Um, but one of the things I do want to say is that um, we we are the stewards of our own influence. So even if we know we have to be okay living beyond living what we know is right while they live what they they know to be right yeah. and i think that that's really something that's difficult because you're like even depending like even if you are um even if you're in a majority and somebody's like that you want to you want if you feel like you want to make them keep them comfortable right because you don't want to feel like you're judging them mm-hmm. but honestly that is not true to you and i think that that's where people get caught um, sometimes it's like trying to be loving and understanding. They they compromise themselves and their own feelings, their own identities, and their own values. Right. And I think that that is that's where that's where um, that's where I, I'm coming from to say that you can't affect somebody. You can affect by the way you live, but ultimately, like you said, at the end of the day, you can't affect them. But you can stand up and affect you. So to answer what I feel like, what are you in control of? Yeah, way, but yeah you that, can affect people, but. right? But you can't control people, right? Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a you can influence people, but you can't. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, I think uh, the answer uh, that I would say is that we just act and live in the way that we know to be true. You know, it, it, it was an interesting check for me. I've had a lot of really close buddies leave the church recently, which has been hard for me. Um, but it has been an interesting check for me to be like okay, does this make it harder for me to be true to what I know? And it's actually probably bolstered me in a lot of ways because I've had this 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 wrestle, basically. Do I go to church? Do I follow these commandments because other people are doing it? Or does that influence how easy it is for me to do it? At the end of the day, how much of an impact does that have on me? And 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 as I check myself in that in those ways, I found okay maybe there's some ways that I need to take a step back and build my testimony on the rock of the redeemer mm. and not have these little my garage built on social social acceptance or on everybody's doing this or in my association group this blah 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 mm-hmm. I've got all these other properties I own you know what I'm saying <laughs> um, but the, but the problem being that. Have we built our, you know, worst comes to worst. Are we doing this for the Lord or are we doing it? And it's not, it's not all or nothing. All that sometimes it's, it's part and part. Yeah. I, I like where, you, where you're coming from with that. Cause I feel like what, what, what this kind of says, um, like what you said is like, where, where am I? Where am I? And I think that. I think that that is a, a really good way of thinking about questions like this. Whenever you see other people acting in certain ways that you don't understand or don't agree with, it's a chance for self-reflection. 
And I think that's a really that's a really healthy way um, to manage your own testimony and to manage your expectations um, of yourself and everything, uh, as well as how how you relate to the to people who may not be living in the ways that you're living. And um, I think that that you you get to internally say, okay, what do I believe, and what does the gospel say, and am I living true to that? Because I know that any beyond anything we say and anything that we do it is who we are that will actually have a lasting and bigger influence on people than, than anything else. And a, a few examples. Um, I know that um, seeing other people like when I, when I've been doing something that I don't feel is, I, mean, I think about it on the mission. Um, when I saw missionaries acting in a way that was um, when I saw them as examples of, of, of being a missionary of true believers, true disciples of Christ, it made me want to be, it made me take a look at what I was doing. Even if I thought it was right, mm-hmm. but I would say like, why aren't they doing that? Why, why do I feel it's okay? And then, and why aren't they doing it? Sometimes the answer was it's, it's, it's because this is how I react and do something to it's how I react and uh, it's what I need for me. But a lot of the times it was, maybe I should change my behavior. So there were, there were, I do want to say there were some times where uh, those experiences taught me like, Oh, I need this for me. But more often than not, they were reminders that I could be more obedient. I could be more faithful to the gospel. And Cause, cause I, and, and obviously some of the things I want to say, so the things that were, um, that were okay for me were still in line with gospel commandments and, 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 uh, principles. Right. So like, I, I do want to say like that. They're not contradicting. They, they're not exactly. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I say that because. It's more in the gray areas. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of where a lot of these questions come in the right. first place. Exactly. And, and to be more specific and give examples, we haven't given any specific examples. Oh yeah, we like, haven't What yet. kind of content do, pe- do we consume, right? Yeah. Like um, in the church, we're encouraged not to consume explicit content, not to listen to a bunch of cussing or watch movies that are inappropriate and have nudity and sex and stuff like that, a lot of violence. Um, or listen to music or anything like that that it is, you know, degrading, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, another thing is uh, tattoos or body piercings. We we tend to be encouraged not to not to get tattoos and only to have one pair of piercings if you're a woman, right? Things like that. Which these are like, if you get a bunch of piercings, if you get a tattoo, if you watch radar movies, it's going to keep you out of the temple. Well, no, it's not going to keep you out of the temple, but for us internally, we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, when I'm, when I'm doing something that can feel like it's in one of those gray areas, am I, am, is this an act of, I know better and an act of rebellion for me, for my understanding, or is this an act of obedience towards God? And I think those, that's a good check for us to say, okay, am I doing this? Does it, does this feel like I'm rebelling? Does this feel like I'm being obedient? Um, and I think that's, you know, there's a whole bunch of examples we could give. Um, and nobody's perfect. We could find stuff with ourselves right now. Mm. Us podcast people here. Uh, we could find stuff with some of the best people we know and some of the worst people we know. And even, even I think about the mission, too. Like, 
mm-hmm. you see, I, I, when you, when I first got out in the mission, it's almost like some missionaries would get labeled as disobedient and, and, and that was a thing like, Oh, don't be disobedient, blah, blah, blah. But then the problem is these missionaries will walk around with a label of being disobedient. And then I served in later positions and different leadership positions. I got to see them differently. And I'm like, well, hold on. Like they might not be doing this, this, and this, but they sure as heck are doing this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not as easy to delineate as the things they aren't doing, which label them, but they're doing a lot of these good things. Some missionaries that were really bad with time management and spend hours with members are the most um, sincere in their testimonies that they would bear. And they would love these these people they've met with. So I was like, okay, well, we got a problem with time management, but we don't have a problem with conviction, mm-hmm. you know. And then on the other hand, you might have somebody who's like, forty five minutes, I'm out of there, but their testimony is hollow. Yeah, and th- there's not there's no direct correlation here as I'm making or anything. But the point is that we all fall short in a lot of these areas. And I I think that that's a really good point that you made that I, I do want I want to share as well. I think that the other thing when it comes to these questions is we don't actually know what's going on with them. We don't actually know what these people, what what our people are going through. We don't know if they're, um, what they're struggling with or what they have strong convictions in. I mean, I think maybe we can sometimes figure things out by how people are acting and what, what they say and all that stuff. But also at the same time, I think that we can give people the benefit of a doubt, benefit of the doubt. Like, I think that's what it goes down is we focus on our, we have influence over, over people, right? By the way that we act. So it's more important in these situations to check ourselves, to be aware of ourselves and what type of message we're sharing with, with the world by the way we live our life. And then to be compassionate toward other people and their experience and what they're struggling with. And because I feel like maybe that's where it comes down to, like, we want to not be judgment. We don't want to be judging and all that. I mean, that's something that we all we all say. But I think in in reality, in practice, what it, what that looks like is being aware of ourselves first, yeah, and then um, trying to reach out and, and and understand what other people are going second. Yeah, and I think it goes in that order in yeah. order in, in order for us to not quote unquote be judgy. Well, I like the word used there. But we we can be compassionate in these observations. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I got a problem with the word judge. I'm be yeah. honest with you. Like, we should judge, guys. Let's 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 all be real, okay? We all need to judge. That sounds bad. That sounds no, bad. Well, I, I I mean I think we, we know what you're talking about. You know what it's, it's, yeah, it's it's not. I think I, I know you're talking about that word judge. When I say judge, I mean like be judgmental. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is what we're we're going be for. Be judgmental. Which in the end, what does that look like? The difference between like we need to make judgments. If you see somebody doing something that you feel like they shouldn't be doing or based on what they know or whatever, we can judge for ourselves and be like, okay, I don't have context and I can make observations for myself and how that, how it directs the way I'm living as a disciple. But I shouldn't condemn them for things, mm, right? I, I love the way you said that. And so I think yeah. the judging is like, judging is just taking in information and then weighing it with the context you do have. If we oh, can, yeah. If we can be realistic when we're making these calculate or when we're when we're sifting through information and observations in our own head and we can be reasonable enough to say i can still observe things i can still learn things without condemning people you I think know the 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 thought comes to mind is passionate yes like, well not, i'm not trying to put words in your mouth sure. just that's what you said earlier that made me think of this yeah. that's a good word i think the, the the there's two like two phrases that come to mind that judging 
is internal. Judgment is external. So judge, judging means that you're internally taking it in, like you were saying. Being judgmental um, is is dishing that out yeah. toward people. And uh, I think what, what it comes down to is when you're judging and being internal, that's actually a source, that is actually a, a part of humility because you're looking internally, like how does what I see uh, uh, like relate to what I feel, yeah. you know, and what can I do about it? Like that's, that's you know, um, I feel like when I say what can I do about it, meaning like what can I do for myself to make sure that I'm living in whatever ways that I want to live. Yeah. And I feel like that is uh, humility. You're expressing humility to because you're like, how do I use this information to get better? Yeah. And judgment being judgmental is pride. Yeah. Because then you're you're saying that what you know, um, that they should know better, and that because you are because you know what's better. Yeah. We're all at different places. Right. right? Exactly. There's analytical judging, mm. and there's like condemning judging. Mm. There's one judge, right? Oh yes. They one judge, and that judge Judy. <laughs> Just. <laughs> 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 it's not just Judy. <laughs> judge Judy. It's one judge. That's Judge Judy. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, we, we, we know who the judge is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only person at the end of the day actually dropping the gavel is Christ alone. Mm. Okay. We can do analytical judge judging, mm. judging, judgeries. But anyway, I want to I'll make this whole podcast about judging. But how many times can we say the word judge? judge? That's a weird word. I know. Judge. judge. It's like judge. It's like J U D J E. It's like it's like fudge and, and like drudge. And grudge. And oh. budge. And sludge. And nudge. nudge. <laughs> Tudge. Let's keep going. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. So that that that, that kind of tackles the first question of how do you handle it? In the end of the day, we have influence. We should love people. We should we should seek to have be positive influence no matter what, but uh, at the end of the day, let's not condemn anyone, and uh, try to do the best that we can with with our own mm-hmm. discipleship. My buddy knew that. I mean, he put it in his question too. There, he's like, I I know we should. That's our main concern is is our salvation. But the second question: <clears throat> Are they still getting the same blessings? Mm. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, you're on one tonight, man. It's like laying. Hey, remember when we were just talking about judging? Yeah, I'm judgment. Talking. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm burning a lot of bridges. Yeah, today. yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting question, and I think I'm gonna go with. Um, I, I know you have some thoughts on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying this. That's not for us to decide. I don't. I don't think. Um, even if. Uh, this okay, this kind of reminds me of uh, of the the eleventh hour. Have you heard this? Um, mm-hmm. oh, um, I was thinking about it today. The temple. Good, good, good. The eleventh hour. Uh, uh, pre- El- President Elder Holland gave a talk about the eleventh hour. I can't remember what it's talking about. All I remember is that it was like eleven workers. I think it's scripture. It's a story in the Bible too, right? In the New Testament. New Testament. Yeah. Christ teaches a parable. The parable. That's right. Yeah. So There's a guy named Jesus. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I couldn't even. I couldn't even say like who. No, I couldn't do it. Um, so, eleven hours. There's a guy who hires um, a man. Hires eleven workers. The laborers and laborers. The, in the field or right. Parable of the laborers. Yeah. Yeah. The parable of the laborers. That's right. So he hires the first one at the at the first hour, and he's working the entire the entire eleven hours. Okay. Hires the second, then the second hour, third, so forth, and all forth. Then the eleventh hour, he hires the same another guy, and that guy works. 
uh, one hour. And at the 12th hour, everybody's done. And they get their wages. And everybody's paid the same wage. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, for the first guy at the, 11, the first hour, the... the He'd been there forever. He'd, he'd been there for a full 12 hours. Yeah. He's like, hey, wait a minute. Why does this guy get paid the same amount as me? Mm-hmm. I, I've been here the full, full 12 hours. Right. And Christ says, uh, I can't exactly remember what he says. He says it way better than I say. I'm going to say it. But he's just like, it doesn't... I am the one who gets to decide who is paid. Like you are, are, are don't, uh, yeah, you're not the one paying. Well, you're not the one paying them, but when he hired them, he told them what they were getting paid and right. they agreed to it. Right. The guy at nine, 9 a.m. or whatever. God's like, yo. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, he's like, what's up? What's up? What's happening? <laughs> I'm gonna give you five bucks. You work this day for me. And then, Somebody comes later, and then he gives them five bucks. They've worked half the day, and then the guy comes eleventh hour. They make five bucks. He's like, "Wait a minute, why is he making five bucks? I, I got paid." And it's like, "But yeah, sorry." Yeah, no, you're exactly right, though. I mean, it, you know, it, the the question is, we we know what we're agreed to, and 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 instead of being sad that we didn't get more in the end, not being happy getting more in the end, when we compare to other people, we should be we should be grateful that we have a compassionate God who's going to do the same for us for our shortcomings. Um, yeah, and that's a good that's a good uh, parable to bring up because um, it's just good. <laughs> <laughs> Are they getting the same blessings? We we all. I was in, in the temple today, and I'm not going to be too specific, but one of the blessings doing ceilings is we get the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the way back to. Okay, mm-hmm. so Abraham's like what? Oh, that doesn't make this is a stupid analogy. I'm not going to go into it. Okay. I don't think he's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're in the last days. They get my blessings. Yeah. That's a good point. But uh, that doesn't quite exactly add up. But the point is that God does that for us all the time. I, I, uh, <clears throat> are they still getting the same blessings? There are, there are, there's two examples that come to my mind. Okay. First is what are the blessings? Okay. Mm-hmm. And how, how do we identify those blessings in our lives? The reason I say it this way is because I remember in my mission, in my second area, we had one of the members of the stake president, stake presidency. Someone was asking the, some, a question about, um, how do we teach our kids to like make good choices when like, don't smoke cigarettes. They're bad for you. And then they got friends that smoke cigarettes and, and we're like, well, cigarettes are bad for you. They're going to mess up your health. And then they have friends that are fine. And the stake president members, president members like, we're teaching about these commandments the wrong way. Okay. We are not supposed to follow the commandments because we get temporal blessings. Okay. It's like we follow the commandments so that we can earn the spirit in our lives to be our guide. That should be our, that should be our gauge at all times. Mm. That means that whether or not this kid smokes a cigarette or not, and whether or not his friends do well or poorly, whether he does well or poorly, doesn't matter. The point is, the moment you smoke a cigarette in rebellion to God, you will feel the spirit go away. And the cigarette's just an example. But it, that should be our gauge. Is the spirit going away when I do this thing? That is the main blessing of following the commandments. Mm. I think that that is a perfect way of gauging this question because I feel like 
that I think that maybe we are thinking about the blessings a little too temporally. Yeah. Because I feel like that that's exa- that's a great example of like, are they getting the same blessings? Well, I feel like, I, and I'll go back to my first one is like, a, um, it's not really for us to decide whether or not they are getting the same blessings. And there's really there's really no way of gauging that. We have no way of gauging it. Sure, we have commandments and principles to 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 base it on, and maybe we can kind of hypothesize based on their actions, but that's all we can get. We can't we can't determine whether or not they're getting the same blessings. We can only hypothesize. The only person who can actually determine right. Right. because they know their heart and what's going on is the Lord. And they and he's the one who's dispensing the blessings anyways. Right. So I so I think that's number one. But I think number two is that that of understanding that, um, understanding that we are following the commandments and the and and the principles to gain the spirit to guide us. Yeah. I feel like that is that is a far more I mean, that actually influences, um, even harkens back to the previous question for somebody who is, because it's like, like what, what is, if you are towing or you're drawing a line, like what, what exactly, um, like that's the question you should be asking. Is this going to be helping me get closer to the spirit? You know, if somebody who is towing the line, right. Right, right, right. Um, but that's not really what the question was about, but anyways. Well, well, like you said, and the question, are they getting the same blessings? The short answer is, we don't know. And that's yeah. kind of none of our business, but for us, we can know, and and Ooh. and we can know. Do we get certain promised blessings when we keep the commandments? Um, and that's not to say that temporal blessings aren't part of it. There's all throughout the scriptures, the Lord's giving temporal blessings and promises, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, um, I think uh, we we need to we need to focus more on the everything is created first spiritually. That can be a much better guide to to rely on than than something that uh, can be. There's so many variables when it comes to temporal things, mm-hmm. and with the spirit, I don't think there are as many. You know, everybody's got a different body. They're going to handle unhealthy intake with with a cigarette differently than somebody else. It's not. It's never going to turn out the same. But uh, spiritually, the spirit being there or not, that's that's going to turn out the same. So that's all I'd say with that. I mean, the other the other example I was going to give was Elder Uchtdorf when he talked about being in the army or in the oopsies. Don't tell him I said that in the Air Force. <laughs> and uh, he was doing running, a bunch of running exercises, and there's a bunch of guys that smoked and were drinking and being unhealthy and riotous and whatever, and they were just they were just cruising past him. He's like, okay. So the word of wisdom promises me that I'm going to be blessed temporarily. It's the same example. And uh, I'm not getting that. Like, what the heck? Over time, he did. It took a while. And it was slow. He did eventually start to surpass him in these running exercises and whatnot. Um, so there are temporal blessings. For sure. But I think our, our main gauge should not be dependent on temporal blessings. It should be dependent on spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. All right. So last question, where do you get off? <laughs> um, <laughs> looking for it. Uh, how do you straight? How do you stay strong to your faith when your close friends and family are doing the things that uh, that are contrary to that, pretty much, and seem to be okay with it? Seem to be fine. Seem to be doing great. Seem to be doing well. I think. Um, I mean, both of us. We have examples of this just littered everywhere in our lives. And I think everybody, anybody who's, who's listening 
and uh, has have people like this, and it seems like. And here's a, here's what I would say, uh, at least for me. Um, we can. I, I'm gonna actually speak from my experience. We can use those experiences of people, you know, of of them you living different ways and being okay, as as a way to just ask, like, what is important to me. You know, like, what is important to me? Because they are showing that this is not important. And I think that um, what it what it comes down to is asking yourself, is this important to me? What blessings have I seen because of it? Like, what, what, like, just like, look back in my life. And I've asked my this question myself. Look back in my life. How have I seen the Lord bless me? And how have I seen him be around um, during all of these difficult times, how have I seen him move me and and support me? Okay, and so I think it, it has to be we we look internally in order to find that, and and actually we don't even look internally; we look heavenward to find that. Yeah. You know, and I, so I think to answer the question, at least in my estimation, how do we stay strong? I think we we can use anything as a teacher, and we can use their experience. And like, like, like we said, like they might be doing fine. Their life might be going great, but is it a life that you want? Yeah. Like it may be going great for them and they're, they're happy and doing, but maybe based on like, is that a life that you want based on what you know to be true, or at least what you feel to be true at the point? Like, let's just say they're drinking. Do you want to drink? Is that in your value? Is it uh, according to the, to the, the testimony that you've received? And if not, don't you want to live according to that? You know, like they may have made their choice and that's okay. But, uh, but I mean, it helps you to like, like what do you want to do? Right. And I think we can use that as, uh, we can be able to use that as, as confidence um, yeah. that, that uh, what you're doing is correct. Well, and like you said, like look at what the Lord has, has done for you. Um, I gave a talk on Sunday talking about loyal faith. It's kind of what I, what I, how I worded it. And when our faith is challenged in times like this, either with hard questions or hard events or hard experiences, or maybe we're seeing, uh, you know, examples of this, other people seem to be fine outside of the church, and maybe they are. I mean, who are we to say? We don't know. Um, it, in the end, it's when, when we are having faith trials, when we're having a hard time staying strong in our faith, are we asking the question, are, are we trying, are we seeking to validate the faith that we have or are we seeking to validate the doubts that we have and um, that that says a lot about um, kind of our, our spiritual connectivity to the Lord because if he's been there for us in the past we've had spiritual experiences we felt the spirit when we were baptized maybe it's not so much when you're baptized you went on a random trek activity like I did when I was 15 and it was a huge yeah. <laughs> huge impact on me. Yeah. Maybe it was a random day you're walking home from school and the spirit touched your heart for 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 who knows why. You know. You, we've had experiences with the Lord. Are we going to validate our faith by drawing on those past experiences or are we going to validate a doubt that came out of nowhere? Um and this is our, we talked about our, did we talk about our temple experience? Yeah, I think we did. But we, I'm sure we can I revisit wanna, it. I, I don't want to go back into it if we did. But that's an example of, we went to the temple, we felt weird going back after a year and a half because of COVID, we haven't been to the temple in a long time. And it's like, do we, 
do we take this one doubt that we had and do we let it shake our understanding of the temple and our love of the Lord? Or do we look at the other hundred plus temple, temple visits, visits that yeah. we've had and how yeah. positive they've been and we say, Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on that. There's way more evidence there that I've had. There's way more history I've had there. And I'm gonna lean on that to validate my faith instead of validating my doubt and against this one, you know. Um I, I I love that the theme about of this whole thing, this whole these all these questions, you know, is is about self. It's about uh it's called. It's. A, I think like it's about our internal awareness of who we are as sons and daughters of God, and where we are on our journey. Because I mean, like maybe we, all we know is that we're a son or a daughter of God, and that's it. We don't know if Book of Mormon is true or not or whatever. But um, I think that w- what he, what I am liking about this is that there are a lot of people in our lives, and people affect us, and we we can't be who we want to be without people. The yeah. humans are social creatures. That's the way that God designed us. Um, we're families, right? So we need that. And it's hard when people are not living or like when, when people live be below the expectations you have of them. I mean, that's basically, I think a way of saying it is that some people are living uh, be below the expectation that you've placed them on. And uh, I think that um, that's hard, uh, especially if they have, um, they've earned that spot, you know, for whatever, just being living the way that they were. And then they started making choices and, uh, different choices and they're starting to s- s- go, uh, go a different path. And that's, that's different than what you had said of what they had done before in your life. Uh, I'm speaking from experience right mm-hmm. now, yeah. but um, what it all comes down to is that our relationship is between us and the Lord. And we have control over that. Like we said earlier, we have influence over people. We can influence people. That's part of being, it's part of having the spirit, honestly, spirit, because we have the spirit with us, we can influence people, spirit can touch their hearts. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the only true power we have is over ourselves. And, uh, we can use that to make sure that we're okay. Cause I guarantee you that if you're okay, other people around you have a better chance of being okay too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good to put it. Uh, the thought of covenants came to my mind too. I'll bring it up. Coven- covenants are uh, our protection to us, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking in the temple because we I just went to the temple today with my wife, and tons of tons of covenants you talk about and discuss in the temple. How do you stay strong in your faith when uh, when when you when it when it's challenged or when there's other people doing doing fine and doing well and and, and making it seem like your faith isn't doing something for you or whatever. I think in our hardest moments, if we we need to do two things. One, be loyal to our faith that we have. We've done this like nine times this episode. <laughs> two things, all right? <laughs> Just two things. Ah. Um, be loyal to the faith that we have. Um, two, we should always um, seek modern revelation, okay? It's not enough to just be like, oh, I had a great experience at the temple seven years ago. I'm good. No, that's that's a starting point. That's a jumping board. Okay? You've had a good experience in the temple seven years ago. Find the Spirit today. Hmm. In your scriptures, in your prayer, going out serving someone, find it today to get that bolster. You, you go, we have to have continuous revelation. And then three is uh, in your weakest moments. We don't make covenants just because it's a fun thing to do and a fun thing to say. 
We make it because the commitment gives us that extra strength when all else, all else might fail. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're not feeling anything. Let's say you're having a hard time with your faith. Bare minimum, we have a covenant there that says, you know what? I committed to this. And I don't know what's going on right now, and I don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. But I made a commitment. I made a promise. I'm going to stick it through simply because I'm loyal to that, because I committed to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait it out and give it some time. I think bare minimum, that's something we can do. So Yeah. Um, and also, keep in mind, there's a lot of reasons we're here on the earth. It's not just to learn about the gospel and be be disciples. There are 99.9% of people that have existed on this planet have not had the gospel. We're not just here for that. Mm. And we shouldn't weigh the value of people's lives or existence based on their subscription to gospel standards or principles. Ooh, wow, what a, what, that was good. We should understand that we're all here to experience mortality, experience mortal bodies, to gain, you know, to, to go through this mortal experience we couldn't have done this anywhere else. That's 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 why we're here. Now, mm. God's given us the gospel, and we're all going to get it eventually. But he recognizes that the main reason we're here to start is to have that experience. We're going to get back to him. Everyone's going to get the gospel eventually. But remember, that's there's there's a lot more to this story, mm. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, okay, all right, got to wrap this. That was a we? great way to wrap it up. All right. Um, well, hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Homie. Thank you for submitting that question. We appreciate you. And um, if you, anyone listening, has any questions, please submit them our way. Um, you can uh, you can text Lenny directly. His phone number is <laughs> yeah. Uh, go actually, ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, just kidding. Okay. Don't do it. Nine nine nine. Yeah. Don't. That's I'm not a correct. Dummy. I am. Uh, oh yeah. It's oh, I guess that's you. <laughs> okay. All right, all, right, all right. Listen. All right. So thanks for listening. Um, so you can reach out to us through our email at um, in black and white podcast at gmail.com or on our Twitter or Facebook at IBW podcast is our handle. Um, you can message us anywhere there. Um, and we'd love to get your questions incorporated into the show and have these conversations. We love having these conversations. We've This has been the funnest season yet for me. Oh, absolutely. I've enjoyed these conversations more than anything else. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think one of the reasons that I love them is that I, I love to hear what our listeners are, what they think about and what they're doing. I feel like I, I really, I'm going to tell you all listening that uh, we, we really care about you and we really love you. And we're, we're grateful that you've, uh, all for those of you who's been around from season one, we're thankful that you've been around. And for those who are just joining in season five, we're grateful that you're here. And we hope that you'll participate in the community that we're trying to build as people who are imperfect uh, just trying to have natural and confident conversations about the gospel, even though we may not understand everything. Uh, we are, yeah. We're trying and, and creating a safe place for questions and concerns um, for people who just are struggling but want to stay. Yeah. And so we, we, wanna, we want to, to foster that. Yeah. I do want to say also always just, just to throw it in there, uh, the views that we've talked about, our views, Cody and Lenny's views don't re- necessarily represent the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, um, but we do subscribe to the doctrines. Uh, we are members of the church, and so we try to do our best to make sure our comments and uh, things that we reference are in line with gospel standards and doctrines as presently constituted. Yeah. Wow. You should you should record that. <laughs> but like, 
with a with a with a late night voice. We just trying. We 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 just trying. To, we just trying to do what's right. <laughs> you know what? Actually, sorry, real quick. At the end of this episode, I think it would be the coolest. It's the coolest job for the announcer. I don't know what his name is for the one the general conference announcer. Oh, yeah. This has been the 186th annual general semi-general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You've been listening to the 88th episode of In Black and White, yeah. <laughs> brought to you by the these guys. Brought to you by these guys who have nothing better to do at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's always late. It's always late. Go to bed. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Shoot us your questions. Have a great week. Have a you you deserve it. You do deserve it. Yeah. All right. Godspeed, everyone. God is good.